I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Thursday. It's been a minute since we've been here on Thirsty Thursday. Joe, this is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Rate, review, subscribe if you would. It makes you a whole lot cooler if you do. Just like all the other really great, cool people who have done so already, we appreciate all of you. Syracuse gets handed their first loss of the year, 79-69 to against 21st-ranked Rutgers. The Orange will sit at 3-1 and after that game. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fan feedback. Plus, Syracuse will be taking on Boston College. I, last I saw it was 1 p.m. on Saturday, uh, their second road game of the season. We'll let you know what we think as Joe dives into that. And a little bit of uh, football news as we as we will, before we get the show started officially. And, you know, a bunch of, bunch of fake portal transfer news out there. It was reported um, Josh Black was going to enter the transfer portal. That's not true. And it was also reported by Cuse Water Cooler that we were going to enter the podcast portal. Also, not hmm. true. We are here to stay. I didn't hear that. We are here to, just because you're not on Twitter, Joe. And yeah. we are here to say, I would just like to say these vicious rumors have no validity. And, um, you know, we're here for you guys. We are. It was, it was rumored we were going to cover mixed bowling on Wednesday nights, which would be great. Uh, I enjoy bowling. But there's not enough cats up not watch it. in the world to get me there, I don't think. No. Yeah, not watch it. No, playing it. Absolutely. All right, so the real transfer news is that just now, before we came on, we found out uh, defensive back Cam Jones, tight end Aaron Hackett, running back Markenzie uh, Pierre, and defensive end Jason Munoz, they're all going to enter the transfer portal. So uh, Josh Black yeah. and Aaron Service have both announced that they will be coming back to play for Syracuse next year. So obviously those those are going to be big and we'll uh, look forward to uh, 
to seeing them. I think both coming back for six years. So right, well, Black is mm-hmm. right. I don't know if services. Yeah, Black is no. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, uh, huge. That's kind of a big deal. So, you know, we knew. You know, with all of the, 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 like you said, Joe, the transfer portal is going to be clogged up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be clogged up, and you're probably going to see these. Joe, we're probably going to have to do a couple every episode for a little bit, and then, yeah. you know. It'll work itself out, and we'll find out what's going on, and then we'll get into yeah. the fun part, which is getting into the additions. Yeah, the additions. So we wish uh, those yeah. those guys good luck in the transfer portal. Obviously, <clears throat> you know we'll, we support their decision to do so, and I'm sure it was a mutual decision between coach and the players, and talked it out and all that good stuff. Right. So, well, we don't really know the reasoning, right? Sure, uh, they could be. Because of like graduate school or something to do with school, and maybe they want to study something that Syracuse doesn't offer. Maybe they want to go closer to home. Who knows if you know at some, some of these guys. One. But Mark- Markenzie, Pierre Hackett—they've been around to the point where you don't even know if they have. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that they do, but there has been instances in the past of Chris McCullough where, you know, you go and you leave because uh, you know you got stuff going on as far as. Uh, babies and girlfriends and stuff right so um you don't want to speculate on why they left but i'm happy with to see that cervase and black are staying uh, i think those are two guys that definitely are going to help next year uh, mark Henzi pierre really didn't he helped us he was a great special teams guy uh for four years but he really he, i mean he didn't really step in and I mean, obviously cooper lutz and sean tucker took that over so he wants to probably go somewhere where he can play and same thing with Aaron Hackett. Uh, so, yeah. And Cam Jonas, that was probably the one that I would have liked to see him stay the most. I know he didn't get that much burn this year. And I know that we have a lot of young um, up-and-coming D-backs. And maybe that's why he decided to go. But, um, yeah. And Munoz, he, um, I think he's from Florida. And I think he decommitted to, from Miami when the coaching change came through. And then committed to Syracuse, and then he redshirted this year. So we really haven't even seen too much of him, and who knows the reasoning for that as well. But the biggest one would be Cam Jonas. But again, we're we're deep there, so so far so good. Knock on wood as far as who we're losing with uh, the the whole transfer portal thing, and then obviously who's staying with that extra year of eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how it shakes out. Let's get into everything. Here is what Coach had to say after the game. Take it away, Coach. Uh, first of all, Rutgers is a you know really good defensive team. They're they're really got a lot of good players. Defense the big guys in the back. I thought when we executed, we got some. We got we really got some good shots, some good looks. Uh, you know they caught them. We caught them switching and doubling, and we got in, got layups. Um, Kadari did a really good job first game on the road against a really good team. You know, Quincy, uh, uh, you know, we've known that he can make threes. He just, you know, he hasn't, but he showed tonight that he can do it in games. Um, Rec got us off to a good start. I think our biggest problem is defensively. We're, we get screened or we, we just aren't doing a good job at the front of the zone. And when they get in, the forwards are not doing a good job of helping Marek uh, in the lane. 
Um, guys shouldn't be able to get layups, and that's again, that's on the forwards to get back in there and help. Um, again, I, I thought we made a good, really good move back at the end of the first half, down ten to get it to four. I think Joe's, you know, Joe took, you know, he got frustrated, took a couple long threes, and and Allen took a couple long threes that we we can't take. Those are not good shots. Um, but yeah, Joe's they're gonna, they're guarding him. They're not going. They're wherever he is. There's going to be a guy on him trying to get him off the line. That's what everybody's going to do. Um, he's going to see that all year. He's got to play through that. And there's some games he might not get shots. North Carolina last year, in the end of the year, he had three one shot made three points, but he had nine assists and no turnovers. And his defense was better. His defense was really bad tonight. They drove on him consistently the whole night. A little bit on Kadari too, but they drove Joe consistently all night. And uh, he can't get lost up in the fact that he's having a bad offensive game and let it affect his defensive game. He's got to be better on defense, period. When we're at Merrick Center, we're going to have problems on the boards against good rebounding teams. That's just the way it's going to be, but... Our young centers are nowhere near ready to play. And, you know, we see that every day in practice. So I thought John Bold did a pretty good job in there. He moved, he moved around, he got a rebound. He did made a couple good passes, uh, drew a charge. I thought he did some, some positive things out there. I feel really good right now from what I've seen. We're four games in and we've done a lot of good things. It's difficult playing without Barama and Buddy, but, you know, we're going to. Ryder was ahead the whole game at St. John's tonight. Bryant is beaten by people scoring 100 points. They're pretty good. Those teams are better than people would want to give them credit for. But the Ryder game's a good indication of when we really play well and move the ball and we can do some good things. But... This is a good team we played. We're down 10 and came back and took the lead on their court. That's good. We did make mistakes, and you make mistakes every game, win or lose. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by Bet Online. Bet Online, the title sponsor for the Q's Militia. For Ty Thoughts, for Armchair Media. Now, you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on all of the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use the promo code Armchair and take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online, and thank you for the Christmas guitar instrumental. I love it. You know, <laughs> thank me. You're welcome. All right, so Joe, sir, the, the good look, and you know, just reading headlines. I know this might not headlines in 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 everybody's comments. I know this might be popular to say after a loss, uh, but when you're missing your starting center and your starting point guard, 
and you play your first game on the road against a ranked team, there's a good chance you get absolutely smoked. So despite the loss, I see a lot of positives uh, coming out of this game just four games in. Uh, one of those, obviously, Alan Griffin, team high 20 points, eight rebounds. Quincy, again, doing his thing with 18 points, five rebounds, one steal, one block. Richmond, despite only scoring six points, he had five steals and, five steals and seven assists, which is all good, all good. The bad, again, with the sloppy play on offense, earned 12 turnovers for Rutgers, six of them from our guy Griffin. Got to be a little bit more careful with the ball. Outside shooting struggles, seven of 26 for 26.9% from beyond the arc. Gerard leading the misses again. He was one for six. The ugly. I know we're still plugging holes right now, and I'm hoping that when all of this ends, we won't have to worry about the defense as much, especially collapsing defense uh, into the center of the paint with just a little bit of ball movement, and you just let one guy go off from beyond the arc. This is an all-too-familiar story for us. It is yep. predictable. Harper, 5 for 8 from 3, and a game high of 26 points. And finally, Rutgers was plus 16 on the boards. And this is going to be a struggle as long as we don't, as long as we're playing without Sadimi, you know, let alone him back, being back 100%. So, um, yeah. that's it. The good, the bad, the ugly, Joe. I, um, not the prettiest game. And of course, we would have liked to have our first um, game on the road be a win. But Rutgers, they've been getting ready for Syracuse for a couple weeks. Actually, their last game they played was on November 29th. Uh, they they started the season. They played like three games in five days or something like that, and then they've got they had all that time to prepare for Syracuse. So they've been hitting their practices every day, uh, kind of simulating what the hell they were going to see. And yeah. you know, Syracuse did a good job too, coming back from ten down to 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 within four mm-hmm. at half, and then took right. the lead in the second, and then just slow decline after that. Some bad shots, poor sl- shot selection. Yeah, and you're looking at a, a team of right. Rutgers, who they've had, obviously the best big man and the biggest big man that um, that we've dealt with, right? So Sidibe not being there, of course that hurts. Uh, obviously, Buddy Beheim, not a point guard, but um, somebody who we can rely on scoring a uh, certain amount of points every game. Uh, well, when he's missing him, gets hot. He gets hot. Right, and realistically, I mean, Joe can do the same thing, but I think that Buddy's more consistent as far as getting into a certain scoring range. You know, Joe can go for 20-something, or he can go for what he did against Rutgers, right? And I think that's partly because of the guard. You know, just fast guards give him problems. Um, Yeah, his defense is is sometimes an issue, for sure. Well, and again, we talked about... (laughs) We talked about Young and how uh, fast he was, and I just knew that he was going to be a problem, obviously, with Joe, but then also with getting into the lane, and we could obviously see that. Um, looking at the turnovers, they had five more than us. Uh, yep, 17 to 12. We just, right. They just hit a couple threes. I think the game plan for what we have and everything um, was was good. You know, a non-three-point shooting team. And kind of force a team to to shoot free throws, right? I mean, I think they shot, or it's not free throws, three pointers. They shot more than double the three pointers that they have in the first previous f- three games. So, yeah, they were only um, at like forty something, right? For the whole for the yeah. first three games, they were at twenty four for this twelve game. of forty one or something like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. So, right. and they shoot up twenty four, and just so happens that they had a guy, Ron Harper, make five out of eight. And they actually shot a better percentage than they have the whole season. And 
Obviously, that's not going to happen every game, but that obviously has something to do with our defense as well. So That happens, though, um, a lot to us. And he hit his first five in a row. I believe he hit the first the five he hit. Well, he was consecutive. he was on fire, and that was the guy that we had to had to had to make sure. You know, uh, yeah. we had to make other guys beat us, and we didn't do that. Um, and part of that is probably youth, um, but again, we couldn't. We're having issues with uh, the penetrating uh, guards that come in and get to the lane and then kick out because they just mm-hmm. in and it. As long as long as they're at the offense or his teammates, they rotate to the open spots, and you're going to have open threes all day long. So that's obviously stuff they got to fix. But to what Jim alluded to, just how we're the people that we're missing, and um, you know who we're playing with and against that type of talent. Because I, I believe Rutgers is a pretty solid team. Um, you know, I liked what I saw. I mean, what the end of the game, would they finish like a 16 to three run or something like that? I mean, we came back from 10 and took the lead. So. Um, we're only going to get better. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, when I'm watching the game and I see we get the lead, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. We're going to come down the stretch, make this thing close. And I got, you know, so it was upsetting mm-hmm. to watch. It was, it pissed me off. I was furious. I was furious. And I get furious with Syracuse basketball more than football. First of all, it's faster pace and things happen faster, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's more emotion in it for me involved, you know. So I was just irate. But when I, because the game was so late and I was flustered, I just laid there, right? You know, you're just laying there, basically. I can't get to sleep. So I was thinking, I'm like, you know, really, we lost by 10, but it was a late collapse. They really did fight. I think, you know, we're out two starters, like I said. I mean, big picture, guys, I think that as far as coming into this game as a test as the, the Littman's test so far for the year, right. That we, we look at it and we're like, well, let's see what we got. If Rutgers is really a top 25 team, which is questionable to me, then we did pretty mm. damn good on the road. What do you think? You think they are Joe? I'm just saying that's, that's kind of just downgrading us. Right. I mean, why are you saying they're not a top well, well, because, team? well, I'm saying that because of how well I think we did. In in other words, right. in other words, if they are really a top twenty five team, then I think Syracuse is going to be okay. If yeah. if they're not, if it if we turn as it turns out, you know, they go belly up in the Big Ten, then you know, I guess you know maybe we're worse off at yeah. this point than we thought. Well, but, and the Big Ten but gave the, ACC a whooping. Yeah, right? what was it? I was going to ask you because I know that I know that uh, Clemson won. And someone who beat, who Miami, beat Purdue, Miami and beat Purdue. Okay, all right, and Florida State. Okay, so I think what, those are the only three that I saw. NC State's got canceled. So okay. I mean, a, the Big Ten took it pretty easily, and Big Ten uh, they were pretty good last year too. Rutgers was a tournament team last year. Yeah, they absolutely were, and, and that's what their they, that's what their ratings yeah. basically are based off of so far this year, right? Was last well, year's that performance and, that and who they return and, sure. and who they have coming in and everything like that. So mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. Uh, I don't really see. I mean, I look at Rutgers as a tournament team. You know, we oh, went on I think the they're a tournament team. Sure. The first, the first real hard, hard competition. I mean, I know Bryant was close as far as the score, but they didn't have the size and the type of defense that Rutgers has, and what you know most and, Power and, Five and conference teams are going to bring, right? Yeah. yeah and, and by the way, you heard Coach mention Ryder. I put that in there. That montage was longer than I remember it, by the way. But anyway. That's my I bad. Say, I yeah. tried to keep them around two and a half minutes, but anyway, um, <laughs> Ryder gave St. John's all they could handle. St. John's just barely beat Ryder. 
You know, we, when mm-hmm. we, we smoked them. So, I mean, just to, for mm-hmm. some perspective there. And, you know, we talked about Rutgers coming into this game. This was their first real test, too. Let's be honest. I mean, they didn't, they didn't play anybody else coming into this game. We were their first real test. They were ours. They came out mm-hmm. on top. They were at home. How much advantage is that? I have no idea. It's got to be a little bit. They've had two, almost two, the, November 29th. We played them on the, what was it? It was the... Eighth. Eighth. Okay, so 11 days. 11 days thereabouts to prepare for for us. Meanwhile, we're, you know, we played a few games in between then. In fact, we played three games. Two games, I'm sorry. So, you know, I think getting to focus on one team for 11 days, you know, you don't get that luxury usually in, during a basketball season. You get maybe right. six days, right? You don't yeah. usually get 11. So... Advantage Rutgers. To, that's my point. So, all right. It's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do. Go to the socials after the game, and you will see us post for your thoughts on the game. Leave those thoughts, and we will shuffle through them and either randomly pick them because we are in a hurry, or we may actually read some and pick them based on their merit. But let me tell you something. For everybody needs to step up their game because I, if I do have the time, I am going to through to read these, and I want I want the best of the best because I'm not trying to pat us on the back or anything, but the the basketball fans have come out of the woodwork and they are ready to leave their comments. <laughs> I don't know if they all listen, but it doesn't much matter. A comment's a comment, and um, there is there's plenty of responses, so we are not in any shortage of that. By the way, when we first started the show, too, it's funny. Because we would try to get people's comments, and of course, it was a little difficult. But we um, we went everywhere else. We went to Syracuse's official basketball page for comments. Now we can't even handle what we got, which is awesome. So thank you. <laughs> right uh, at Nick Feely on Twitter, positive has to simply be all the young players that got experience. Biggest negative for me is oh wait, that is old, folks. That is old. This old that is football. At Kevin McKenzie eleven saw some good promising things. Kadari didn't light up the scoreboard, but he's he is a hell of a player. Uh, Garrier and Griffin are ballers. Dolly is steady. Um, Gerard is a liability. Getting Buddy back will be huge. Maybe Gerard can provide a spark off the bench with Newton. So this is the talk coming into Boston College. And we're going to mm-hmm. see, Joe, is it, is it Buddy and Kadari, or Kadari and Buddy out there um, in the backcourt? Because, you know, Joe has not been stellar, and Kadari has. I feel like Kadari, the minutes, Kadari has made the most of the minutes he's played as a freshman. His mm-hmm. defense is awesome. And right. we don't know what it looks like with him and Buddy in there, really, that much at all. And because of the length of both of them, we need help on defense. I really think that coming into Boston College, unfortunately, I think Joe's going to be sitting on the bench. What do you think? There's going to be um, instances. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't just start Joe and Buddy to begin with, but I think he's still kind of in a situation where we didn't have exhibition games, didn't have as many non-conference games. And I know it's a conference game, but 
I still believe that Jim's going to still sub people out and try to mess with certain uh, lineups. You know, uh, with Buddy being out, I think that some people stepped up and showed that they can play and they can help. And I think that he's going to be intrigued to see what these lineups look like with Buddy in there. Um, I completely agree with the whole Kadari Richmond thing. Uh, playing against, you know, I was a little, I don't know, not, I don't want to say skeptical, but I was just worried and nervous that maybe it was because of a, a situation with just lesser talent that he was maybe playing better or doing better things. But um, those passes that he had, five steals, like you oh, said. Oh, yes, I mean, yeah, the passes. What, I mean, what do you have? I mean, what do you have, six turnovers? But, uh, I mean, you can kind of be okay with that when you get five no, steals, could, right? No, Kadari only had two turnovers. According to ESPN. No, only t- okay, I'm sorry, my bad. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah. Alan Griffin had six turnovers. Yeah, sorry. Alan yeah, Griffin sorry. had six. Yeah. yeah. He, so yeah. the t- two turnovers to five steals and the assists and the passes that he had to some of his teammates. To six points. To- six points is what you're thinking. Like he didn't score a lot, but he did facilitate. No, and he's not going to, not his freshman year, but he facilitates very, very well. And on top of that, that that length in the top of the defense, um, whether it's a steal or whether it's a rebound and then a kick out to him. He gets it and he goes and it's transition and it's running and, um, you know, fast break basketball. And that that was Syracuse. I remember yeah, that, was time Syracuse when that was growing Syracuse. Up. That's all we did. Fast yeah. break basketball. Johnny, Johnny Flynn. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just, from, that's from what, what it was. From the, the mid to late 80s on to, you know, I feel like, I mean, I'm probably wrong because you remember things so differently as, as time goes on. But I feel mm-hmm. like that didn't really stop up until about maybe like six, seven years ago, something like that. Five, six years ago, something like that. You know, we, I think just it's something that sluggish. he always wants to do, but like, yeah. what do you, I mean, do you have the personnel to do it? Right. Um, and that was our problem. And, and we, we, we've talked about it a hundred times with the scholarships we lost. Like that hurt us so much more than I thought it was going to. You don't think so? I mean, we still we were still there. made some Final Four runs and things like that. We but made a Final he, Four run, like we still made a tournament, and he uh, he we was still, doing like, everything he could though, and that just goes to when people start talking about Jim Beheim's coaching ability, you can point to that because there's not many coaches I don't think personally that are going to be able to do that. Yeah, there's a lot of teams where that happens, and you go down to the cellar for quite a while. Yeah, exactly. So. so. Yeah. Um, at Cuse grad, the last three minutes was aft. We had this in the bag, really poor shot selection. Well, when we were we were up and it was some quick trips, some one and dones and some sloppy, fat, play. sloppy play and some some transitions that really went well for Rutgers. And like you heard coach say, they were letting some stuff inside on our defense that they really shouldn't be. And. You just felt and saw the momentum shift. It was a lot of it was speed, I think, too, uh, towards the end of that game. And, you know, um, the this, this shot selection I was a little upset with. I'm shooting threes mm. in a situation like that when you're up. I don't Deep know. Deep threes. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that I think, you know, these kids, they're going to – they got the earful. They got the glare. They, they know that wasn't right. But at the end of the day, too, you play the other side of that, and you're like, well, if – well, if Joe Girard hits that one or Alan Griffin hits that one, then yeah. they're heroes, right? So it's like... Or if Rutgers just shoots their percentage, right? Exactly. Or if you just get on Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> yeah, who's, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, yeah. So At Orange Faithful, losing to a top 25 team on the road without two starters makes sense. Struggled with the shot selection, zone rotation, Mark, early foul trouble, and Joe looking more like the first two games... 
Um, free hashtag free buddy Bayheim. So, um, yeah, I mean that's it pretty pretty much. The Mark really got it going though early, and you thought that he was just going to be on fire, and then he just he does his he does very Mark things, and all of a sudden he's got two fouls, and he's got to play with two yeah. fouls for the rest of the first half. You know, mm-hmm. so and that's that in a nutshell. Yeah, and there was an, some unfortunate offensive rebounds and like long rebounds that we didn't get to. Uh, and again, you have two six eleven guys on Rutgers where they can just you know sub in and out, and they're both like, God, at least fifty pounds heavier yeah, and, than and Mark. In the in the whole the whole thought process was to get those guys in foul trouble, and we really only managed to get three out of their their starter there. Omar Yuri or Om 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 why'd I even try? Why? Why did I even try? I don't know, but I love I, it. Keep going. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know. You're pretty close. I was I had to have been a little close. Only three fouls on him though. And you know, it is what it is. It's just Yeah, I think he got some quick fouls and they brought in Johnson and Johnson. And Johnson got four really too. Good. Yeah, he got four. He ended up with four. No, he four ended up with four, but he had eleven points, twelve rebounds, so I mean, pretty good day. Um yeah, absolutely. And I mean, having that size in there, uh, it's tough because we don't have a lot of guys that can finish down low unless we run certain things. Again, a lot of that's Kadari Richmond. Uh, Kadari Richmond to to me brings a different type of option of basketball to the game. And I, I mean, I, I spoke about it. I don't even know after the first game, after the second game, something like that. After Niagara, that I thought that it was only a matter of time before. He starts, uh, or at least gets significant minutes. But uh, I feel like he's the defensively he's the best guard, and I feel like offensively he's the best point guard. I still am so. along the lines that yeah. we have Buddy Beheim and and Joe Girard. We have two shooting guards, different sizes, <laughs> that are up there trying to fill the point guard spot. So. Yeah, and then we yeah <clears throat> we've we haven't really had a true point guard for a minute. So. Um, at K Nabiwaniak, Gerard is is Gerard a slower, less athletic version of Trevor Cooney? Both were touted as great shooters in high school, but struggle to shoot well in many college games. Both are capable of going for for three for thirty every game. In his defense, Trevor was definitely a much better defender, though. I've made the the comparison to Cooney with Joe before, but just in the aspect of him being a streaky shooter. Like when he starts good, he usually finishes right. good. That's how that's how Trevor was. And I don't know, man. There's a there's a lot there that's kind of the same thing. They're both not real big guys, you know. But, but uh, I don't know. You don't know. To me, Trevor was to me Trevor was way more athletic than Joe. I mean, he was going up and dunking. He yeah, was like yeah. six six three, and I felt like his energy and his motor was always there, no matter yeah. how bad he was shooting. Oh, he yeah. So in his in, in, <laughs> to Kyle's point, his defense was better than Joe's. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Joe's. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over one hundred forty million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day so what makes a life a good one in the coast guard we think it's all of the above and more but you'll have to find out for yourself visit gocoastguard.com to learn more worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Struggles to get going with his shooting in on defense. He gets burned all the time on defense. To me, like I said, Cooney's motor was just crazy. And we've talked to Tyler about this and he's, you know, he was friends with, with Cooney and stuff like that. And he was just, I mean, he was a, a, a crazy athlete as far as being able to go up there and dunk. I, I believe he was six two six three, So he was taller than Joe. And it's just, it didn't matter how he was shooting or playing. He always had the energy and he kept going, going, going. And to me, it just seems like Joe lets his offensive game kind of, dictate or get in his head for the defensive game. If he's not shooting good, it looks like he's out of it. Doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it look like it to you? Yeah. It looks like he's just, no, he's a deer in the headlights when he can't, when he can't get done, uh, when he can't hit his shot, he's, it just seems like he gets down on himself. I mean, it's just, it's a body language thing. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But, no, I, I feel like just, there's some truth you know, you know to that. Saying, right? like yeah, sometimes totally. you get a little body language thing where it's, you know, people don't know that they're doing it, but you're showing it. And it, maybe that's not the he case. Looks, he looks bummed. He, he looks does. bummed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's, you know, obviously, you just got to just... Well, Sean, I, you score that many points, man. <laughs> score that many points in high school and get to where, he's, where he is now, you know, know, and, 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 I, and see and, how that's frustrating. And I know fans are frustrated with Joe and um, it's kind of one of those things where I mean he's going to this this I feel like this will end this isn't going to be his career I really do no you know I really he, think he's out of position I, th- I really do believe that I don't all these talk about like oh power five conference I don't know, you know he's not a power five player and everything I absolutely think so without a doubt that he is a power five player um, he's on a team that he should be on. He can play in the ACC. I just think that sometimes you give a player certain responsibilities that they might not be, you know, they might not be used to, to doing, or uh, maybe they're just not comfortable in that role. And I just don't know if necessarily that's the best role for him as far as being a point guard, being a facilitator, because he wants to shoot. He wants to put up those points, and that's just kind of the he player he is. He needs to be set so. up. He needs to be facilitated. <clears throat> right. Yes, and yeah. maybe there's just a lot of pressure on him right now. Maybe it would make sense to have him come off the bench, start Kadari, start Buddy, a taller you know lineup, and have him come in you sure. know with subs or if he's playing against maybe tired starters and come out there and, and go out there and say, all right, go rip the nets, bud. No yeah. pressure. Yeah, you're coming off the bench. You know, yeah, I mean, sometimes it does a. And sometimes it does a world for people's confidence. And coach, you know, coach realizes better than us. We're not coach, and he realizes how hard no. he's getting guarded. 
you know, and he, exactly. he realizes that's probably a lot of his problem because everybody knows he can shoot. So, at, And I can only imagine how he's seen him shoot in practice. Right. There's Nailing probably it. days where he don't miss. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a game so situation. So I'm not poo-pooing thing. on I'm not poo-pooing on Joe. It's just we got we got some talent and we've seen some 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 younger guys that have in normal instances not get this many minutes against these type of teams and uh they've shown that they can do some things. So yeah. he's got some options, you know. Yeah. All right, time to take a quick break. We will get right back to fan feedback. But first, we got to hear from the good folks over at Bat Online one more time. Now, look, you may not be able to get to a game inside the Dome this year. or may not, unless you're James Zuba, who just, just, who knows where this guy is sneaking in from. And, I mean, it's insane. It is. It's insane that this guy gets to get in there while we all have to watch it on TV. It's sickening, actually. That's okay, though. It's actually not okay, but you can still get in on all the action this year at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to BetOnline today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. Now, look, got a little Christmas music. It's time. It's Christmas time. Or it's, you know, whatever, it's, it's Hanukkah. Hanukkah started today. So it's time to gear up. Get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer doesn't cut the nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Now, why would you use it in the shower? I don't know, but you can. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, makes the perfect holiday gift this season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling great below the belt. And don't use, as you know, the same trimmer on your face as you would below the belt. It's nasty. Don't do it. Just thought I'd reiterate. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver. This is anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your buddy, your co-host, the best gift of all. Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. Make Santa proud. Clean yourself up. Look. Do it. Go there now. Thank you, Manscaped. All right. At one Kev Nash, he gets his own good, bad, and the ugly in here. I love this. Short and sweet. Good. Blown away by the improvement of Quincy's jump shot. Bad. Nobody to help score the ball. No Sadibi for the lat for at least a month. And ugly. J- uh, JG3 is not in rhythm at all. And to Joe's point, you know, the rhythm thing could be just because he's just trying to play a different role than than what he should be or maybe what he's used to. Uh, well done. Yep. Well done, Kev. Uh, appreciate it. Okay, here we go. Goodness gracious. I can't believe I picked some of these. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. They're well, so, they're so I'm long. I'm just saying, they, look, Quincy at the same time, he can't fall in love to what Jim Beheim said, and I don't know if you played it on the, the montage, but he talks about Quincy basically falling in love with his jump shot and his three-pointer. 
So that kind of took him away from the basket. And um, yes, he made some threes, but he does have to understand that he is a monster on the boards and we, we need him down yeah, there. So he's going to have to make sure that he keeps his, his offensive game as diverse as possible. Yeah, and Quincy scored a lot, five rebounds. But, yeah, he's going to be our saving grace down low. He's going to have to be, you know, that guy, especially while Sadibi's out. And I just, gosh, I just yep. hope he comes back um, stronger than than ever, Sadibi. Um, Jesse on Facebook, Gerard is too inconsistent. Kadari looks great. He's very unselfish and the best passer we've had since Michael Carter-Williams. Great point. Joe, we talked about the passing. Um, mm-hmm. he, he had some passes that were that I was like nervous when they were made, and, um, mm-hmm. and he's getting assists off, and I'm like, man, this is beautiful. But, you know, oh, yeah. they, just look, they just look like they're not going to the place, but he's got great vision with his passes. And he's yep. got chemistry with those guys too. That you know, if, you know, we're Thanks. four games in, bro. It, it, you think about how many more games we got to play and how much better that could get. Just yeah, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. <laughs> yeah, right. right yeah, uh, yeah, that's a situation where uh, he's just a little bit different. He's unorthodox. His game is a little different, and you have to understand too. He didn't even really get put in the point guard role in high school until one or two years ago like he's not even really that far into that so he's not going out there looking to score he's a very humble quiet kid and he's gonna do what he needs to do to get playing time if that means going out there and getting five steals and you know seven eight nine ten assists a game and not care about that scoring um column then you know that's what we need you know and and again that's that's where the fans see that's the fans see the fans see gerard and his body language in one and eight. And they're like, that's the point guard. And I'm again, I'm, I don't want to make it seem like we're beating up on Joe because I know he can come out and he can light it up. But I truly believe that he's basically a shooting guard set up in, in a point guard's body. And he did what he had to do last year. And I don't know if, you know, you get an incoming freshman like Kadari, you don't know how long or, or you know, it's going to take for him to get ready or, or what he's going to be. Right. But he's got the chance to show out, and now that you see this, I think that's a great opportunity to bring Kadari in and use Joe for what you're supposed to use him for. And that's off the bench, ripping the nets, no pressure, man. Yeah. Uh, Jesse goes on, seven assists and so many passes that led to open shots that didn't mm-hmm. fall, uh, not to mention his defense leading to transition buckets, and he can get to the and he can get to the rest. He's much better at point guard, and he's a freshman. I would rather have some someone giving teammates open looks and consistent D rather than uh, that rather than have an occasional thirty point game from Joe. So I mean, he goes on, but the the point being is is it, in, I mentioned it in the last show. He does a lot of things that don't make the stat sheet, and um, you know some of those would be assists were you know issues at the rim. Like yeah. we we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had some, and he had some great passes that turned into great dunks that we haven't seen certain plays like that. You know, yeah. they look like set plays, but it's just them out there picking and moving both yeah, of the spots. Yeah, basically. Alan Griffin getting a dunk, Quincy getting a dunk. You know, and and as, as, like I said, as far as Joe goes, I mean, we have to think about Joe came in last year. I thought he was going to redshirt. Everyone thought Jalen Carew was going to be a point guard. Howard Washington was going to be the backup. Uh, Bryson Gadon was going to be maybe shooting guard, point guard, right? I mean, no one was thinking about – I mean, Joe Girard was, was ranked lower than those guys. So for him to come in and do what he did and play how he played last year, um, you know, kudos to him. 
for sure. But now that we might have somebody here that can come in and say, hey, now we got a point guard. We can move Joe to where we really brought him in for then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, top fan, Daryl. First, I'm tired of people defending Joe, Gerard. Joe has been absolutely terrible this season. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing to myself as I started to read this. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, Daryl, I love you, dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure tonight Joe had more turnovers and missed baskets than points. Well, yeah, he absolutely did. He did. Um Syracuse beat themselves. Rutgers didn't beat us. The team to uh, the team to entirely too many bit took. I think he meant say took entirely too many bad shots and had some really stupid turnovers. Rutgers the entire first half just kept driving the ball into the paint and just kept kicking out for the three balls. Yeah, we talked about it. That was obviously their strategy, and that's going to be the strategy for everybody going forward is to drive that ball, kick it out to a guy who can make an open three. And mm-hmm. they've got to just be disciplined, and it's hard because you're just you just they flock to the ball. You just got to be disciplined, right. I guess, to just stay in your spot. You know? You have to be there. Someone has to be there, at least if you're getting hands up or something. I mean, I mean, um, Harper was getting open, open, like – I yeah. mean, I think maybe even I'd hit the rim at least, you know? Yeah, and that's my biggest worry is that, like, as a coach, I know that they were telling him, like, don't leave this guy open. Yes. This is the one guy that you can't leave open, and he still got open and made shots. And that's, like, my one biggest concern about that. Yeah. Uh, D- Daryl goes on. I'm sorry. We've, 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 we've talked on these so much that I'm, I, I want to get to at least a couple more here before we do Boston College. Steve on Facebook, JG3, working his way to the bench, slow on D, poor shot selection. D did stiffen in second half. Bench contributions, a positive. Overall work in progress. Buddy comes back and no more Rona problems. This may be a good season. Well, that's key, right? So we, we, we know what they are doing as far as the contact tracing and all of these things. As far as we know, the protocols are still in place as far as a 14-day uh, quarantine. And they've just got to be careful. Obviously, if they want to play and have a successful season, they're going to have to be extra careful. Um, you know, the bench, I feel really good about it this year. You know, even playing Rutgers, I didn't think he'd play as many guys as he did. I thought he'd keep it a little bit tighter, maybe six or maybe seven. Well, they really didn't. I mean, he had a Jacques in there. And Woody Newton, you know, Woody Newton, too, making the most out of his nine minutes with six points, too. We didn't have mentioned him yet. Really impressive. Right. And you've got these two freshmen in Richmond and Newton who are just going to be stellar, I think, um, by by at some point in this year, I think Newton shines more than he does now. Even you know his minutes are only going to go up, in my opinion. Jason, uh, you have anything to say about that? No, I mean they could. It really just depends on if once the DB comes back. I mean Mark and Quincy are still going to have thirty plus points a game, but minutes. It's sorry, yeah, minutes. But um, it's good to know that we got a you have it. freshman that can shoot three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Jason on Facebook. What did Dolajai and Gerard do? Got two bench players. Got two bench players when they are playing like crap. Ball should have been in Griffin ha- Griffin's hands every time down the last four minutes. He was the hot hand, and I don't think he really shot. And maybe once in the last 
something like once in the last five minutes or 10 minutes. I can't remember what it was, but um, it wasn't a lot. And I guess he either wasn't getting open looks or people were trying to do too much everywhere else. But the problem is you can't just bench Dolajai because you really don't. Someone that can play defense like Dolajai has got to stay out there. And you heard Coach in the montage let everybody know that he hasn't seen anything from the young centers yet, and even in practice. So he's going to obviously know more than us on the level of skill of some of these younger guys. And right. the key, obviously, is going to be Sadibi. And that was just an unfortunate, unfortunate situation with him. But looking at it from the 30,000-foot 30, view, we, and we talked about it before, that whole thing with Sadibi could have been a whole lot worse. And, you know, we just wish him a speedy recovery with the meniscus and, you know, get him back, and we'll see how it goes. But um, those freshmen, those well, not even freshmen, with, with a couple of them, but they're going to have to step up. I mean, Braswell, well, Ajak is going, obviously, is looking like the one that's going to be the one stepping in there, right? If anybody. So far. Yeah. And, you know, Anselm had some 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 shots or some uh, opportunities, but it looks like Jean Bolajak, and we'll just have to see. And They can go game to game. I know. It's going to be just... It's all going to depend yeah. on what he sees in practice. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Thank you to everybody who participated in Fan Feedback. We appreciate all of you and some really good stuff there. Like I said, you know, keep it... Keep it... Um, Keep it tight, keep it, keep it unique, and uh, that's what I'm looking for. Because there's a lot of them now. There's a lot of them, so it's hard. It's so hard to choose, and I try to be as fair as possible about it. All right, Joe. The all-time series with the Golden Eagles sits at 51 to 26 in favor of the Orange. Syracuse has taken the last four games between the two teams. You have to go back to February 28th, 2018. Battle scored 25 points in that 85 to 70 loss. Um, just before all this COVID BS started, Q's bagged a 84-71 win on March 3rd of 2020. Starting lineup was Gerard, Beheim, Sadibi, Dolzai, Hughes. Hughes, 28 points. Beheim, 21 points. Sadibi, on his tear of the spring uh, to start some of that, was uh, 12 rebounds. Syracuse and Boston College first met in 1959. The Golden Eagles would win the first three games in the first six out of nine. The Orange beat Boston College. College 10 straight games from 85 to 89. They met eight times in the Big East tournament. Syracuse leads that series five to three. Joe, I'm not really like totally sure what to make of Boston College, to be honest with you, just yet, because uh, they sit at one and four, but their losses, I don't know. Their losses seem to be to pretty decent teams, I guess, really. Yeah. And um, they, they did lose to St. John's, who just barely beat Ryder. I don't know how good St. John's is. And right. it's no, just St. A, John's is undefeated. Okay. Well, all right. Well, there but you go. I don't go. know who they played. Okay. Right. And and so when you look at who who Boston College has played though, some pretty good teams early in the season, and it's just get, it's hard to get a gauge on them. So what do you got? Right. Well, I mean, what they lose? They lost to Florida, Minnesota, uh, St. John's. I think there was another good team, and they beat Rhode Island. Um, Boston College, Jim Christian's back for his seventh year. Um, 
they had an injury early to I forget his first name, but Adams. He was the transfer that was supposed to kind of help the team, and um, don't really know where it's going to go from there. But they've kind of been a, a thorn in the side of some teams. Um, they lose games that they shouldn't lose, and then they win games that they shouldn't win as far as ACC play goes. Um, Vill- Villanova again, was the other one, by the way. Oh yep, Villanova. I was I was yep, grabbing yep. a frosty beverage and I was muted. So yeah, yeah, number three. Um, so this team basically, for the most part, has kept the same starting five for all the games. Um, they have Makai Ashton Langford guard transfer from Providence, so we haven't seen him. Um, don't really know how good he's going to be, but um, he only averaged about nine points a game, but I know he's got the most assists uh, along with guards, Jay Heath and Winston tabs. Who's uh, basically averaging close to 30 points combined a game. Um, those are the other guards. And then they roll out uh, six, eight or sorry, six, seven um, forward CJ Felder and six, eight forward uh, Shelton Mitchell or Stefan Mitchell. Sorry. Um, that's the guy that I always worry about. Yeah. He's that that guy for Boston College yeah. where I'm like, this guy still is playing. Like, like, I thought he was reminds, right, You know what I mean? Yeah, he reminds me of uh, old boy from UNC. Well, come on, help Just me out. All over the place, huh? The old boy from UNC was like, man, this guy still plays? Who, Tyler Hansborough? No. Guy with no, the beard. Oh, Tyler Hansborough, too. Huh? Oh, Luke May? Yeah, Luke May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean they have decent a decent starting lineup. It's just obviously they go short, right? So I mean six eights are their tallest guy there, um, and they've really only gone about seven deep. Um, they bring James Karnick off the bench. He's a six nine senior uh, transfer from Lehigh, and they also have a sharpshooter, three point sharpshooter, Rich Kelly, Yay. coming off the bench. Yep, exactly. He's six one senior, and he's a transfer from Quinnipiac. In which he shot, <laughs> yeah, he shot a career, I don't know, 40-something percent at Quinnipiac. I think it was 39% as a freshman, 45% as a sophomore, and 42% as a junior. Um, or, sorry, I'm sorry. It's 31%, 45%, 39%. Either way, he's averaging pretty much around 40% for his career. Uh, he comes off the bench and, and, and shoots a ton, too. So, um the good part about the situation in this team is, is that um, we're going to have kind of the height advantage and we're not going to have those six eleven animals from Rutgers. That's we're going to have to try to box out with Mark and everything like that. And obviously Stefan Mitchell, he's active and he's definitely plays bigger than what he is. Um, but we're not dealing with two six eleven guys. Right. Um, but the bad part of this is that they start three guards. They got guys like tabs and Heath in the starting lineup that can both shoot threes and then Rich Kelly coming off the bench. So, you know, kind of where I'm going with this. Um, there's obviously got to be a huge, huge, huge change in our offense. Cause we know, or sorry, our defense. Cause we know where that, where we've gotten killed right mm-hmm. now, whether or not um, they got a guard, like whether or not <clears throat> this uh, Ashton Lankford, uh, transfer from Providence or, or some of these guards can get in the lane to allow those open three-pointers. That's a different story because um, Rutgers guard Young was really, really fast. But nonetheless, if they see the tape and they know their team, that's how they're going to play. Um, they're not going to beat us on the boards or in height or anything like that. But 
uh, they can spread us out and they can hit threes um, if they get that penetration. So that's that's going to be the main thing. Um, they got guys that can score. It's just we have a situation where we have the height. So we got to be able to use that stuff to our advantage. But first thing first, like if we're not, unless Boston College just comes out and completely just shoots a cr- crappy percentage, that's the first thing we need to stop. Right. And obviously, discipline defense. It's our biggest problem. We haven't had too much trouble scoring. It's the discipline. And also, you know, we get Buddy back, Joe. So here's my exit question, okay, as mm-hmm. we wrap things up. Coach has said, you know, Buddy has been probably practicing and in, in hitting the, the weights and things like that more than anybody, right? So he's at Coach's house. Coach got a court and I'm sure all the other amenities that one might want, <laughs> <laughs> right? right? So, uh, you know, Buddy quarantining and just shooting hoops, angry, with a chip on his shoulder. But being out of game, hopefully keeping his cardio up, right? And, but right, and keep it keep conditioned and, and keep the stamina up. But out of game preparation, Joe, is that going to be? How do you feel, how do you feel about Buddy coming back? Well, how do you feel this is going to go? Is he just going to light it up? What are we going to see? You think? Just opi- uh, it's just I mean, just opinion. You don't have to overthink it. Well, at this point, uh, nothing with him surprise would surprise me. I think if anything. Um, Kadari Richmond, the the emergence of him and some of these other guys and what they've been doing, I think where he lo- where he where he loses is playing the actual game with the team and getting that just like we talk about football all the time, getting that continuity with that team. That's where he loses because right. he really yeah. hasn't played a lot of time right on the court with Kadari <laughs> and you know lo and behold that might be our best lineup. Mm-hmm. So again, now you're talking about maybe Beheim has a change. Jim has a change of heart as far as. Well, you know, I want to start Kadari. I want to have him in there. Well, Buddy's never been in there with Kadari in but, a live yeah. game, right? Right. So there's, there's, that's really where I think it's going to affect him. I think I've never seen an issue with Buddy's cardio. I've never seen an issue with him coming in, in from from any type of situation. And, and I mean, yeah, he might get off. He might be off for a little while, but he's eventually going to hit his shots. So I'm not worried about that as much as it was that he lost the continuity, the chance, the chance of gaining continuity with different lineups and maybe players that he hasn't played against. Um, that's that's really where where my fears lie as far as Buddy goes. And really, too, it the, the, the type of competition that Boston College has played. Like they're one and four, but come on, I mean Villanova, Florida. St. Yeah, you, John, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you can't you you like, can't judge them by their record. No, you can't judge them by the record, and they've obviously played better teams. So, um, you don't you you can't you can't go by that, right? You just can't. I, I so I, I guess so. we'll see, right? Yeah, we'll we see. Be... We don't really know what we got as far as I haven't watched Boston College, so, um. You know, I haven't got to watch them play, so I don't really know what we got. But they do have guys that can shoot, and that always worries me. And they they know their their game plan is going to be everybody else's game plan, and they're going to probably try to obviously mimic exactly what Rutgers did because obviously it worked. So, not just Rutgers. Well, yeah, I know, but Rutgers did it very well. Right. They did. I'm just saying that they're not going to run in there and Boston College be afraid of like like they've played. Villanova and all these other teams. So right. they're they're going to be ready to go. Um, and Tabs, he was hurt last year, and I know he's probably been chomping at the bit to come and, and play ACC ball. So um, 
I don't think it's going to be as, as easy or, I mean, I don't know if anybody thinks it's going to be easy, but when you look at the record and I don't know what Vegas is going to put it at, but whatever it is, um, it's probably going to be closer. Yeah. And obviously we can't play ACC picks of the week because they don't come out in time. So anyway, all right. Well, we could with football. There's still four games of football, but Syracuse nah, football is over. Yeah, so we're not going to go that route. Yeah, yeah, man, it's no fun to me. I mean, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech's playing right now. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to turn that on after this. All right, I gotta go. So you love Kenny Pickett. I mean, I love ACC football. I'll watch any. I can watch any NCAA game, but I mean, I especially enjoy ACC. Definitely ACC. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I want to thank all of you for your participation and fan feedback, and obviously, thank you for listening. I want to thank the Bet Online Manscape.com, and uh, that's it. And, and I want to thank Joe. He's pointing at himself. I'm going to thank him. And that's it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.